good morning. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Rhonda. So here's my question for you today. We hear a lot about toxic relationships, but do you have a toxic relationship happening at work or in business or in a partnership? What does it look like and what does it feel like? That's our conversation today on the Coffee with Rhonda show. This is episode 42. So let's get started. Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show where you are entering the stress-free leadership zone. What's in your cup? Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show where we are coaches, thought leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and we get together and have a real live conversation about just the world. What's happening? What does it look like to be in life and a leader today? So today on episode 42, we're going to talk about toxic relationships. We're going to talk about those from the business and work perspective, but don't be surprised if we veer off into those other areas. So I have an amazing panel. I'm going to bring them up and so that we can all have a wonderful conversation, you guys know. But before we get to our introductions, uh, really quickly, let's do our housekeeping. So um, if you're tuning in out there, don't forget to tell us where you're watching from and uh, don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. Today, I have a big favor to ask. Uh, take a minute to like and share the video if you're watching live. Um, if you're listening uh, later in the replay mode on podcast, don't forget to make sure that you subscribe uh, and that you also share because there's some really great content that's going to be in here for you today. And if you're listening on five uh, on podcast, we love five-star reviews. So, Let's get started. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams. I'm your host for the show, and I am a recovering stressed out leader. So I help uh, executives and leaders and, and, uh, and also organizational cultures really take a look at who they are, how they're functioning, and decide it's time to stop the madness and move to stress-free leading. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to stressfreeleaders.com and download a free ebook that'll give you a little bit of glimpse on what it's like to start your road to stress-free leading. So in my cup today, look, I've got one of my favorite cups today. So this was a cup that my sister gave me and it says boss lady, because that's kind of how I'm feeling today. I'm feeling a little bit like a boss. And in my cup today, I have um, strawberry peach tea. I decided Ooh. not to do coffee today. I'm doing the whole tea thing and got my whole Zen mode going on. So <laughs> let's get to our introductions as we go around. Uh, I'm going to start with our guest today. And we have a wonderful guest joining us. Uh, so Dr. Roberta Shayla, tell us a little bit about who you are and then tell us what you have in your cup. Oh, well... <clears throat> In my real cup, I have decaf with homemade coffee creamer because I'm a vegan. Um, mm -hmm. But I'll tell you about me. I was born to a family of hijackals, and I'm an only <laughs> child. 
I trademarked the term hijackles for those relentlessly difficult, toxic people. And I went on to get a PhD in psychology because there was no help for me. And I knew that people needed help. So that's my focus. It's been my focus for 35 years. I've written 16 books. I have a very popular international podcast, as you do, called Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships, and a big YouTube channel with over 500 videos at For Relationship Help. I love it. Hi, Jackals. I love that term. I was reading a little bit about that as I was learning more about you, and, and that's pretty cool to have that term out there. Do you actually tell people they're hijackals? Or oh, there's, you... there's no point doing that. <laughs> you <know? laughs> no, you, you never, you never poke a hijackle, Rhonda. Uh, it, <laughs> they bite, you know, and, and they rage. It, it doesn't work well. <laughs> so, awesome. so no, um, <clears throat> I help the partners, exes, adult children, siblings, coworkers of the hijackals and the reason that i created that term is because too many people were going to the internet and saying this is happening to me and then they were totally believing that the internet was a clinical mental health professional with a diagnosis and that's just wrong so we needed a, a, a name so i trademarked the term hijackals so that we could talk about the patterns traits cycles and behaviors of people that show up and are somewhat predictable, although each hijackle has their own variety of bad. And then we can talk about it without any clinical diagnoses because heaven knows they're not going to go and get one unless they need a psychiatric evaluation, they go to a hospital or they go to prison. So <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for explaining that and how that came to be the term hijackle. And you guys, you should never miss another episode of Coffee with Rhonda because you never know what you're going to pick up to add to your toolbox. So you now have Dr. Shaler's term, hijackle. You can understand it. You can check her out and learn more about it. So, Miss Murray, good morning. Good evening to you. How it's are good you? morning now. It's Sunday here. Good morning, everybody. And uh, I'm actually very excited about the subject today because I think I need to clear up my, you know, some of my uh, network and, and, and really, you know, get rid of those toxic people. So for those who don't know me, I'm Mireille, Mireille Tulekima, based in Perth in Australia. I'm on a mission to make sure people understand that they have greatness inside of them and really engineer greatness wherever they are and really step into their greatness and start really you know um, uh, unleashing their full potential I have a background is engineering and I'm also a coach and I have a show as well called the greatness engineering our show where I bring exceptional people and it's uh, so that's me <laughs> awesome and what do you have in your cup so in my cup, I have lemon tea today. So mm. really enjoying um, some lemon tea before going to bed. I actually have a virtual party after that. So I'm not <laughs> going to bed straight away. <laughs> so you'll be a party and party for a while. Party, party. Oh, wow. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Miss Ross, good day to you. How are you and what you got in your cup? I am good. Good morning. And I'm glad I didn't have to come back, you know, come behind Dr. Shayla. I am so glad you, you, Ryan. Ooh, that's some big steps to fill. But anyway, all I have is water today because, because I'm working. 
I didn't want to drink tea and then, you know, uh, you know, kind of nod off. But anyway, nonetheless, for those who don't know me, I am Roz Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of specialized care to your loved ones, sitter, homemaker companion, home health aide, and certified nursing assistant. Y'all know my mantra, when you can't do it all, give her a call. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. So so let's get started today. So as we get started out there, uh, Regina's out there. Hello, Regina. You have water in your cup with a splash of cranberry. Great to see you out there. I love cranberry. Um, and so let's see. Stephanie's out there. Stephanie, good morning. Great to see you out there. And then uh, Stephanie says that she shared also. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. And then <laughs> Regina says, hi, Jackals. So she's already trying to get trying to get the term down. Fantastic. Um, so let's talk about our conversation today, because oftentimes uh, when we are in business, uh, sometimes I think that we just sort of go along and we just accept what's happening without really paying close attention to the fact that things may be going off the rails a little bit. And so we're going to talk about in those settings, you know, first of all, how do we identify and how do we know if we are in environments or we are in circles, i.e. friends, fake or not, right? Um, so uh, those uh, haters out there that might be um, around you at, in any way, shape or form, they might be business partners or they might be um, customers or they might be, they could show up anyway, anywhere in your life. So the first question I have is how do we know what does it look like to be in an environment or a relationship that has gone off the rails and has become toxic? And for everyone out there, please pay attention because we want to be sure that you know um, that you want to keep yourself in healthy relationships. And the way to do that is you've got to be able to understand and acknowledge if you're not. So first, Roz, let's come to you. Have you, how do you know if you are in a situation environment where things are going off the rails and it's starting to get a little toxic? Mm hmm. My, when, when, when my situation starts going off the rails, this is just for me. I start to get quiet. It's either it's either quiet or I'm a bitch on a on a broom. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is what it is, right? Right. You know, I'm I'm. You know, it's 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 either it's either you know I you know I've I've cro you know I kind of draw back or it's the other way. Um. And a lot of times when I pull back, I'm, I'm pulling back, trying to say, OK, is it something that I'm doing? I'm doing a self-assessment. Now, when I go off the Richter scale for me, this is my per this is just for personal rise. When I go off the Richter scale, I have taken so much to where I can't take no more. And then, you know, I come out, you know, you know, like a dog coming out the corner. just <laughs> So. You know, it's either one or the other. It's, it's nothing. It's really nothing in between for me. And maybe I need to work on that. I might need to sit on the virtual couch with Dr. Shayla and, you know, get a session. <laughs> that You know, that's how it is for me. And, you know, so there's always room for improvement. Isn't that right, Doc? <laughs> yes, yes, that's absolutely right. And you're welcome on my virtual couch anytime. Okay. <laughs> so basically, Roz, you're going from zero to 60 in two seconds flat. Right? Yeah. 
You're exactly. going from one to the other. So, so Marae, how do you, how do you recognize it? Like, how do you know that this is what's happening? What, how does it show up for you? Is it a feeling? Are there behaviors or patterns that you're starting to see? How do you know that it's getting to that place where it's not the most healthy relationship anymore? I think you're on mute. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's more about, um, you know, feeling the person because I can see, I can actually feel some of the vibration, which are really negative and really start to feel sick, really, you know, you, you start to feel not at ease, sick and really want to run away from the person because, you know, you, you feel those, you know, uh, negative vibration and then uh, it comes down to me being irritated because you know uh, talking really uh, not not being at ease to talk to the person and wanted to really you know leave the room and and go somewhere else and uh, and and like Rose really being quiet because you know I don't want to engage really with, with when people are negative around me because it's it just make me sick that's uh, that's just, uh, I mean, the, the way I react to that. It's interesting because so people out there listening, that's called a clue. Mm -hmm. If there's someone who shows up in the room and you want to vacate the room, then mm -hmm. that's a clue, right? Something's yeah. not right there. And so we should pay mm -hmm. attention to those things. So Dr. Shaler, tell us, you know, uh, how does it show up? Um, you know, what should we be looking for in order to know and begin to identify for ourselves that we're in this environment or this relationship um, that has become toxic? Sure. Well, one of the basic things we need to know, I think, is that there are three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, any healthy adult relationship. And yes, it changes a little bit in the workplace, but not so much. And those three things are equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. Mm -hmm. And if those three things are not present, you're already going to be feeling a little off your center. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be a little on guard, maybe walk on a few eggshells, which is a really bad way to be getting your exercise. And you'll find that the people who are of hijackal tendencies, they always have to be right in the mm. moment. Mm. So they will take credit for your work. They will talk over you at a meeting. They will be dismissive of you in the hallway. They, Unless they have a use for you, you don't exist. Mm -hmm. And so you start to have those feelings like, What's wrong? This is not something that is equitable. It's certainly not reciprocal. And there's no mutuality in it. We don't want for each other what the other wants for themselves and are happy to help. So it's not going to be collaborative, not going to be cooperative. It's going to be hierarchical. Wow. I think that's really powerful. So the first one, uh, the three components were reciprocity, mutuality. And what was the third one? Equality. Equality. Okay. And so those are the three components. I was listening to someone talk and they were saying one of the ways sort of internally that you can feel if you're getting to this state or this place with a group of people is that um, you all of a sudden you either when you are communicating with that person, you either feel devalued, de-energized or disrespected. 
And so um, for everyone out there, think about that. Think about, is there a partner? Is there a colleague? Is there someone that you are around regularly where you are feeling these things? And then you take it to that next level and you say, you know what? There's no equality in this relationship, right? And there is no reciprocity here. And so those are the ways. So now, so Michael's, there's a, a comment out here. And uh, Sebastian says, oh, yes, resonate strongly. Hey, Sebastian, good to see you. Um, and um, uh, Michael is out there and Michael's in St. Petersburg. Michael says, I know it when it's time to split. And when I start feeling like there's no reason to be there. Also a job that starts to smell like dead fish <laughs> means you need to change the fishing hole. Okay. I had not thought about that, but great analogy, Michael. Thank you so much for sharing. Now all day I'll be thinking about dead fish. So as you, um, as you think about this, so now let's say you're to the place, whether it's the boss, the partner, the colleague, or whoever it is, you have identified that, you know what? This is not going well. I'm in a toxic mm -hmm. relationship. I will tell you, for me, one time that I was working at a place and I would constantly start to get these headaches. At first, I didn't put it together, right? So I started having these physical manifestations. And at first, I just thought, you know, it's just a headache. Oh, wow, this headache's come a couple days now. And all of a sudden, after some time, I began to really connect the dots and say, oh, my gosh, it's this place, right? Every time I come here, I'm feeling this headache and I've got this. And, and then I really began to uh, improve my awareness about the situation. Because why was that happening? Right. There was something that wasn't feeling good any longer in my spirit. And I miss distinguished uh, voice out there who said good morning to us this morning. He's giving us milk and sunshine. Well, partially uh, sunshine. He gives us these emojis all the time. And so I'm always fascinated with the emojis he chooses for to express and to share with us. Um, and so so now my question is, you've identified this relationship. What in the world do you do about it? Right. What's next? What do we do about it? Dr. Shaler, I'm going to come to you last on this. So, Roz, let's come to you on this. You've got this place. You've identified this relationship. What in the world should you do about it? Well, it's it's my choice to stay. It's my choice to work on it or it's my choice to let mm. it go. You know, how much effort do I want to put in it? And also, too, is this relationship um, helping me grow? Is it improving the quality of my life? Um, if it's not doing, you know, letter E, none of the above, then, you know, I may have to love you from a distance. You know, it, it may be, I may have to, you, uh, they say, downgrade your relationship with me from friend to mm -hmm. associate or from associate to social distancing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Give me six feet. I love that. Or six so now we're going from six to sixty. Yes, we're right. far away. Hello there. Yeah, it's it's important that we're able to make those decisions for ourselves, and if it's possible to separate yourself from the situation, um, I I really love that, Roz. You know, research uh, says, and as I was preparing for this, um, and just sort of looking at what's out there, the research tells us that physical distancing from people who are very negative matters. Right. Mm -hmm. Because emotions are contagious mm -hmm. and they tell us that if you are around a negative person quite a bit, mm -hmm. you become negative. Right. Exactly. And also their negativity will rub off on you. What a, that doesn't, that's kind of icky, right? You don't really want that 
stuff on you. So, so Marae, in addition to sort of deciding or, you know, are you going to move away? What else can we do when we determine that we are in this space of this negative or toxic relationship? I think one, one of our way is try to engage the person and really, mm -hmm. you know, have a, a, um, a direct conversation to let them know how you feel, if you can salvage it, you know, after you've done all the audit and you still feel like you want to salvage a relationship, then you have to engage and make them understand how you feel and ask them really, you know, to change the way they interact with you. And uh, if, you know, there's, there's nothing coming out of it, then you, you just have to quit and, uh, you know, uh, move on and move distance on. yourself, like uh, what Rose was saying. Uh, but there's always the, the opportunity to engage mm -hmm. and understand exactly mm -hmm. why they behave like that. Maybe there's something that, you know, you, um, you show or something that they see in you that they don't understand. So it might be good just to sit down, have a conversation and a very frank conversation and, and really, you know, tell the person how you feel. And if things are not changing, then it's just, you know, um, the, it's just a point where you have to just walk away and, and, and find something else. And I've been in that situation a lot. And that's why I've, I mean, I've changed jobs uh, three, four times because, you know, you, uh, you see that you disrespect it. People are not, you know, uh, talking to you really, really well. So you engage with them. And if things are not changing, then you quit. That's it. I love that. Sebastian is really co-signing what you guys are saying and says, um, I recently wrote, know when you need to leave the table and walk away. It's important to have strength to stop, stand, turn around and leave. And then Regina said, I like it, Roz, um, how the relationship is serving me. And uh, Barbara's out there. Hey, Miss Barbara. Barbara was on the show just a couple of weeks ago. Or was that last week already? Oh, my gosh. Time flies. Uh, good morning, ladies. Great conversation. I choose to leave. Too much drama, too little time. And I need my sanity, right, Miss Barbara? I understand that. And Lillian says, hello. Hello, Lillian. Thanks so much for tuning in. So, so Dr. Shaler, are those our only choices? So we've got leave and walk away right now. Let's keep it real, people. If your money is tied to this, if you've got livelihood and all sorts of other things, it's complicated, right? It's not really easy decision to make. So what are some other things we can do? Well, first of all, you know, all of those things that have been said are definitely things you can do. I invite people always to start with themselves. You know, reflect on yourself. All right, what's my part in it? You know, what kind of resting face do I have when I look at them? Um, <laughs> you know, what's going on? How do I treat them? What, you know, what's my part in it? Because we always want to start there. Because the only power we have is to change ourselves. So if we look to say, am I contributing to this in any way? Am I being my best self? Am I living my values? Am I communicating in ways that I feel I'd like to come across? So start there. And then if you, if you actually have a hijackal, I really invite you to learn more about hijackals because you don't want to poke a hijackal. You know, if you have a reasonable person, you can go and have a conversation. And that's a great idea, Marie. If you can stick to the, the strategy that I teach in 
one of my books, and that's called Giving the Prison a Weather Report. Hmm. That means that you can only speak about yourself. My definition of assertiveness is this, that you know that you deserve to take up space and draw breath on this earth. You know it right down to your toes. And therefore, you know that with those rights, you have the right to say what you think, feel, need, want, prefer, and remember, as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. Mm -hmm. So wow. if you go into a conversation and you say, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling some sense of unease. I'm feeling something isn't really comfortable. And I'd really like to explore that. Then you're speaking only of yourself. And you can see the other person go, well, if you weren't such a mess, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> well, at that moment, then you realize like, whoa, this is going to go sideways fast. So you, you then say, Oh, well, I just wanted to know what your sense of it was, and I'm happy to lean in and learn about your your point of view. And then maybe you back off. You don't go deeper because you need to find out if there is any opening at all in the other human. Mm -hmm. And if you're with a hijackal, there isn't. <laughs> they are, first of all, absolutely petrified of anything that looks like shame. Ooh. You know, I'm just writing a new book called Armored by Shame because the people who become hijackals are armored by shame. People who attract hijackals are armored by shame. So if you give any hint, I mean, even the most remote, distant possibility of a hit, they're on the defensive. And then it's going to come back at you just totally and multiplied. So it, start with yourself and then inquire using the personal weather report. This is what's going on for me. Tell me what's going on for you. And when you go first like that, you leave an opening. If it's a hijackal, they're going to run right over you. And it's going to be you, 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 you. But you didn't push those buttons if you, do, if you use the personal weather report. So that's a good start. And, and, and I agree with you because, you know, um, when I talk about, you know, having the conversation, it's to really understand if there's not something behind it, because I've realized sometimes people, the way they react, especially at work, there's, there's, some, there's always something at home happening, and it's like they're bringing it to the office. So it's important for you to understand what's going on, and then it might actually help you as well to... Yeah to say, okay, it's not me. And then, you know, you, you, you're less frustrated because you understand what's happening uh, in, in the life of this person. But then if you can't go through, then you just have to, you know, part and, you know, stay away from, from the person. Yeah, if you, yeah. Hit a, if you hit a wall and mm -hmm. the, it all comes back at you doubled, Mm -hmm. then you know this is not going to go anywhere good exactly. at any time. Yeah, I love that um, because the whole process that you just outlined, um, really, number one is really about taking ownership. And mm -hmm. let's be honest out there. Okay, everyone out there listening, raise your hand if you've gone into one of these relationships and said, well, we need to talk about how you make me feel. <laughs> right? Raise your hand. It's like, not work. Because that's kind of how we're feeling at the time. And we come at it, it often in this very emotional way. But it's not going to work. <laughs> we don't go like that. Yes. 
us because we know they're the problem, right? We're not mm -hmm. the problem, so we need to talk about you and so we can fix you and then life will be better. So let's go to our audience for a minute. So Lillian says, sometimes you need to trust your intuition. Very mm -hmm. often it's a matter of being on a different path and often leaving is the wise decision. I love that, Lillian. You've got to know what you're feeling. And Barbara says, I don't have a good resting face. <laughs> okay, you know how they say, go ahead and say it. Barbara, you got resting bitch face. Um, <laughs> so uh, she also says that that's good stuff. Okay, so Sebastian says, um, add personal bond, family spouse to the business dealing mix, and it's a hurricane of complications. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. You begin with the, thing. the hardcore truth, you'll find it easier to have a conversation without contention. So, Sebastian, that's good stuff because oftentimes we have this hurricane cocktail mix, right? We mix everything up together. And we're like, oh, gee, why did that explode? Don't mm -hmm. understand why that happened. So, already sideways. <laughs> Barbara says, I so needed this. Watch out for the hijackles because, see, Barbara, you didn't even know there were hijackles. Why you watch coffee with Rhonda's show, right? You can learn about that. vocabulary to be able to expand your vocabulary. Hey, would you would you like to know the definition of a hijackal? Yes, yes. it's a yes, person who, a person who hijacks a relationship for their own purposes and then proceeds to relentlessly scavenge it for power, status, and control. Ooh, that sounds like a buzzer. Oh, that's, that's powerful, actually. <laughs> like a buzzer. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, it is difficult. Like, back in the day, um, before I was focusing on hijackles, I was focusing on rhinos. Oh. So mm -hmm. I wrote Wrestling Rhinos, Conquering Conflict in the Wilds of Work. And lots of companies bought it and gave it to everybody because it talks about communication, anger management, um, conflict management, mediation, negotiation, all of that. Um, but when you're with the hijackle, like, just chuck that book out um, because <laughs> all bets are off. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly you you will feel good that you be, you behaved in ways that are represented in the book. And that's always the thing. Do you, you know, live your values, speak your values, use your communication skills, your conflict management skills, but know when that wall is armored and there is no possible way that anybody is going to be equal, reciprocal, or mutual. I love that. That is so great. So um, Sebastian's out there co-signing with Barbara, who says, me too, Barbara, that he needed this conversation. They both got their hands raised and Sebastian has 20 hands. So I'm not sure what that's about. We can talk about that later, Sebastian. <laughs> Michael says, as a leader, we are responsible for identifying those hijackers before they become poison to the team and get rid of them. Take care of the other workers and help them. Gosh, that's such a that's such an interesting point. So, um, I I say yes to that. Right? There's a part of me that says that sounds logical. However, oftentimes those folks are a little bit more manipulative. Right? They're sneaky. They're not always obvious about it. It may be times things that they're saying to you that no one else can hear. So now it becomes your word against their word. So now you're running to the boss and the boss is like, are you in my office again? Seriously? Like, can't you handle your own stuff? 
right? Get it together. Go have a conversation with your color. So now you've got this whole big kerfuffle. You're in the middle of it. And the other hijackal is sitting over there going, what? I, I don't understand what the yeah, problem is. I'm fine. Right? Yeah. yeah I, I'm, I was speaking at an HR conference here in California a couple of years ago on this topic, of course. And about halfway through, this brave soul put up his hand and he said, what happens to them? <laughs> and I said, brace yourself. They get promoted either laterally or vertically. And the reason for that is nobody wants to handle them. So send them off to be somebody else's problem. And this is a big issue in organizations because then they become like a reverse pinball machine. They're at the bottom and slowly they're creeping up. And then all of a sudden you've got a VP who behaves like this. And I remember one, one client I was called in to work with a senior VP and that's what had happened to her. And when I went to her office back in the day when you went places, um, and she said to me, I know why they called you in here. You could sit in the corner and spend your hour. I'm just going to work. And I said, no, actually I'm going to earn my keep. I'm going to talk for an hour. And wow. I was on, you know, and I did. I did, um, but she had she had gotten to that place because she held the the company's history. She'd been there all the time. She, you know, she got in on the ground floor as things progressed. It was her the she was the go to person, but she was so difficult and so miserable and so toxic. Now I don't think it's probably connected, but that restaurant chain doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> is not connected well it's so interesting because that is what happens right they here's another um thing that really kind of contributes to what you're saying if they are maybe they're a salesperson or they're generating any kind of revenue for mm -hmm. the organization you can expect if you think that you're complaining about them being toxic is going to move them out most times the bottom line will prevail so you have to then be more strategic. So let's talk a little bit more about that. How can we, you know, we've talked about some strategies. We've talked about um, physical distancing somewhere between six and 60 feet, right? We've talked about, you know, looking at yourself and taking ownership of what's my role in this. And I want to build on that a little bit more because while we are on the outside waiting for everyone else around us to change, we have to make some choices and we have to do the work because we're the only ones we can control. So um, a couple comments, Barbara, we were, they were laughing at us when we were talking about buzzers and carrying on. <laughs> Sebastian says, OMG, Dr. Shayla Murray, Roz, is it okay if I add up? Because we're here to help. And, you know, we love that. Um, Rhonda said, sneaky. How do you spell kerfuffle? Look, I wish I knew, but I love the word and I have zero idea of how to spell it, but I know how to say it. Mm -hmm. um, and hello out there. The topic is about toxic relationships and promoted Dr. Shayla. She is co-signing that. So let's talk about this. When we talk about our role in it, mm -hmm. what role does our lack of boundaries play in this, right? Because people can push your buttons to the extent that you allow them to. Mm -hmm. And if you're dealing with a hijackal and you don't 
can't have the conversation because if you poke them, they will bite, <laughs> right? Or bite back. So is that, are there ways for us to set other boundaries in this relationship that is clearly not serving us and not in our best interest? What else can we do? Because I think we've got to arm ourselves, protect ourselves. And it's not always easy to run out the door. Everybody's not going to be able to say, listen, I'm just leaving this job, especially think about where we are. We're in a pandemic. You go to work every day. Your boss says that you're dumber than a head of lettuce, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sack of hammers. Yes. So they're demeaning and disrespectful. Nobody's leaving their job right now. So mm-hmm. how do we begin to set boundaries? Moray, are there other boundaries that we can set to help manage this situation? I, I mean, sometimes it's just also a matter of not, not you know, making sure that you don't listen to them. You, you don't give them any of your attention mm-hmm. because uh, if you have no choice, I think that's what you have to do is just, you know, do your work and forget about them. Basically, I know it's hard, but you, you have control. So you have to control yourself, control your emotion and decide, okay, for me, this person doesn't exist. I just have to do my job, whatever they say. I'm not going to give them the attention that they need. Mm. I mean, it can be your boss. Yes, you do your, your, your job, but really get, you know, control your emotions and, uh, and make sure that you, you, you know yourself and know that, okay, even if this person say this, it's none of my business. My business is how I react to it. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. Roz, do you agree? Like, what? Because if, if it's not an option to just leave, and now you're looking at basically all you can do is you, right? Whatever mm-hmm. within your control, what other options do people have for dealing with these toxic environments and relationships? Mm-hmm. For me, I, um, particularly being, being in here, I had, uh, between me and my boys, I had to set a boundary. Because I was there with them every day in the uniform, they considered me on the same level. Mm-hmm. So I had to make distance between, you know, the people who were hired, management, and me. So as long as I was down here, they treated me like I was here. Then when I started moving up here and put someone in between, then, you know, they started recognizing that, okay, Rosalind's not around and I got to make decisions. Because as long as I was there, I was enabling them. Mm-hmm. So I had to remove myself. This is just me. Now, for those people who are toxic um, in caregiving, from in, in, in my business, they got to go. Right. They got to go, you know, for uh, safety reasons, for insurance reasons, for just, you know, in, in general, I can't I can't have anyone taking care of someone that, you know, um, is, is, is toxic because it's bad for the person who's receiving the care. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help, help the, you know, the quality of their life. They're trying to live an independent life. And I got a caregiver coming in that's not taking care of me, not doing what they're supposed to do. So, so for my, and, and this is probably different for each industry. It's different for every industry, but for caregiving, I got to move you out because if it don't fit, like they said for OJ, you must have quit. So I got, you got to quit. I got to let you go. <laughs> you yeah. know, that, that's just it. That's just it. So, you know, I had to set boundaries for me. Also, too, you know, with the caregiver, sometimes it doesn't fit. It's not a good fit. So, yes, right. I do have to. And, and then also, too, I keep a pool of people. I have a pool. 
I have, you know, I have uh, 10 people that, you know, every quarter I, you know, I interview 10 people and keep them in a pool. So in case something happens, because things happen, then I'm able to replace quickly. You know, you know, just like I tell everybody, everybody can be replaced. Even me as the owner of the company, you can tell me I don't want you anymore. And if you don't want me, I will refer you to somebody else. But that's how I have to handle it for caregiving. I love that. I love that. So we got a question for Dr. Shaler out here, too. And I'll get to that in just a second, Dr. Pat. But Sebastian said, I'm saving this episode to watch it for 30 days repeatedly in a row. (laughs) If I were a believer, this episode is business conflict Jesus. Awesome, Sebastian. (laughs) Very good. Very cool. Barbara says, you think. And then Michael said, um, Tolstoy at its best. Everyone wants to change the world and no one wants to change themselves. Isn't that the truth, Michael? We don't want wow. to. Other people are the ones that need to change. We're cool. We're good. So here's mm-hmm. the question. So Dr. Pat is out there and Dr. Pat is actually going to be on the show next season. So I'm very excited about that. Um, she says, how can we equip our newer, younger and upcoming leaders to handle such situations? So Dr. Shaler, your thoughts on that? Well, I I will give you my thoughts on that, but I want to also say a couple of things about what you were speaking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if you're in a situation in the workplace where this person is behaving atrociously, um, one of the greatest techniques that you can engage is what we call going gray rock. Become about as interesting as a gray rock on the side of the road. So mm-hmm. instead of challenging them, instead of avoiding them, you just say, oh, Hmm. I never thought of that. Oh, that's an interesting take. Mm. You know, you just you just stay very neutral, oh, and that yeah. because they're looking for a power edge, and if you mm-hmm. just stay very neutral, there's no power game there. So about upcoming people, well, first of all, we want to encourage them to do their own personal growth work so they know who they are they know what their values are they know what what they're about in the world and so they feel confident and comfortable within themselves then we give them really good skills they need to have these things i mean not too many families teach you how to manage a hijackle unless one of them is running the family and then you don't learn how to manage them you learn how to avoid them Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. first of all, we have to ask our young people to become self-reflective, to say, all right, I mean, how many of us, you know, I have clients all over the world, so I always ask this question, how many of us got on the train, you know, we're growing up, what do we want at five? We want to go to school, then we want to go to high school, then we want to go to college, then we want to get out in the world and have a job, and then we want to have a family, and, you know, we're always pushing for what we want. Not many of us take the time to go back and say, what baggage am I dragging that I was given and maybe I don't care to carry it any longer. So it's always an important thing as early as we can in life to look back and say, okay, I have all these things in my emotional baggage. Maybe it's a little cluttered. Maybe I need to look at each of these pieces and say what stays, what goes, and what could be changed. So that kind of exploration is important for everyone. And then when we're teaching people to be leaders, I hope we teach them to be collaborative leaders who can be engaged with the people. You know, that old thing that a great leader is when they people think they did it themselves. 
but that you are so encouraging that you, you stimulate that kind of collaborative environment where creativity is rewarded and communication is open. So we have to teach people, young leaders to communicate well without being defensive. You know, there's a big difference between being defensive and defending yourself. And we have to learn those differences. I talk about that in Wrestling Rhinos. But when we're defensive, it means something in our background has made it so, nope, you're not going to tell me that. Nope, you're not going to talk about me like that. And then we pounce on people. And if we're with someone who's a hijackal, they're super defensive. So we have to learn not to be defensive so we can lean in and listen. There are two important ways to be listening. One is with the intent to defend yourself or to be defensive rather. And the other is the intent to learn about the speaker. Of course, there's places in between. But generally, we want to be listening to someone with the intent to learn about them. And if we can put our ego aside and our needs aside or our need to speak aside and lean in and listen to someone, we're going to become a better leader. Because then it's not all about me.com and all the water runs downhill from me and it'll be my way or the highway. We don't want to go to those places. Right. So we want, we want to have that difference. So I hope that helps. I love that. That's really great. And basically, um, the, Dr. Pat's very next statement was, um, I believe in learning about yourself and your triggers, which is a lot of what we're talking about. Why, why are, why are we being triggered this way? Why is what this person's saying sending us to the edge of the cliff, right? Um, and Regina's question is, how do you help a hijackal to heal from afar because they have some good traits? That is not your job, Regina. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Right? I mean, but it's, it's, it's a noble thought. It's we we have the biggest hearts because many of us are humanitarian and we want to help everyone. Um, but that's an easy that's a good way to get your hand bitten off, right? <laughs> because it's not your job. Yeah, maybe your whole head. It, it isn't your job. And I understand the kindness of saying I see this person's in trouble, and they are. But you have to know when to put your compassion hat on and when to leave it off. And you need to put the compassion hat on. When you're looking at yourself in these situations, I need to be compassionate with myself as well as compassionate with the other person. But don't let the compassion go into the place of allowing yourself to have no boundaries and being used and abused and misused because that's what hijackals do. They don't have much respect to give you, but they have uses for you. Emotional uses, stepping stone uses in the workplace, you know, they don't think twice about making off with the funds. They don't think much about um, bad-mouthing you to another person. They don't think anything of that because in the moment, they're doing everything they can to be on the top of the pile. So they will, at one moment, if they have to say black is white in order to win the argument, they will say that. If 10 minutes later they have to say black is red, they will say that. And when you say, but just a minute ago, you said black is white, their response, you don't listen very well, do you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I love the questions that we're getting today. So we're going to set aside 
sort of the path that we're going to go and answer some of the questions because there's another one out here that I think is really great. So, hey, Janet, Janet says, how do you put a mirror in front of a toxic person? Again, speaking to what we were just talking about. And, and But I love your twist on it. Your goal is to help create self-awareness of their behavior. So um, is, is it possible to help them become more self-aware. So I see people sort of moving about and reacting to this. So Mariah, I'm gonna start with you on this one and we're gonna come around. Can you help a toxic person become more self-aware? It's it's hard, but you know, um, you have to show the example and that's you, you know, uh, setting your boundaries and communicating, you know, sometimes they trigger you and, you know, if you, if you respond, then, then you're not actually helping them. So you have to respond in a way, uh, you know, that, okay, they're going to learn from it, but it's hard because they are in their own bubble and, uh, it, it's really difficult to, to make them change. But one thing that I've seen, uh, working and then when I had, you know, a challenging relationship or, you know, when people attack me, it's really put some humor into it mm. and really, you know, showing that, uh, I mean, it's, it's their responsibility, whatever they say, but for me, it's just funny. And sometimes it helps as well to really diffuse and make things like serious. Uh, because it's about power in this case. And, and when, you know, you kind of come and try to fight, sometimes it's, it's good to say, okay, I'm powerless. It's, it's okay, but I'm okay with that. I'm happy. And, and really make, make sure that the relationship, especially if you have no choice, make sure the, the relationship can be, you know, tolerated in a way and, uh, and, and, you know, don't, put you in a corner where you're completely frustrated. Find a way to, to really, you know, get out there, be yourself still, and, uh, and, and show the person that you're not at their level, really. You, 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 have, you are at a different level. You communicate at a different level. So it's just like what, you know, uh, your former first lady was saying is that, you know, when they go low, we go high. So you, you don't have to be at their level. You know, you, mm -hmm. you can stay at your level and let them, you know, play in, in their level and, and, and be okay with that. I love, I love it. It's a really mm -hmm. great point in understanding you. Again, it's mm -hmm. interesting how this conversation always comes back to you, right? The conversation always comes back to ultimately at the end of the day, you mm -hmm. get to decide how you're mm -hmm. going to re react and respond. And one of the cornerstone principles of emotional intelligence is self-awareness, but it's called self-awareness, mm -hmm. right? It's not called other awareness. It's called mm -hmm. self-awareness and people have to want to be self-aware. People have to get to that place where you can actually help people improve their self-awareness. We do it in emotional intelligence work all the time. However, mm -hmm. they have to be open to becoming more self-aware. And mm -hmm. so oftentimes um, they may not be. So let's get a couple mm -hmm. more comments in here. When you walk through the door at work, if you bump your shoulder, it is the wrong place for you. Time to move to a place with wider doors. And Barbara says, oh, we call that diffusing gray rock. People can argue by themselves, right, Dr. Shaler? That's right, you don't have to engage. It's a choice. 
to let them get you all riled up and go down that road. And this is interesting. So Dr. Pat says, I totally agree with your points. However, I found that our corporate cultures don't enable or reward such behavior. Um, which, you know, I'm sure that most of us have probably seen that as well, which is why the corporate culture itself just can be a very toxic place. Oftentimes I hear people say, well, I left that corporate world. That's really in essence what they're saying, right? They are leaving these cultures that can be toxic. So we only have a few minutes remaining as we wrap up. So we're going to start our final round. And I want to start by asking, um, and there's another question. So uh, we're going to, as we uh, end with you, Dr. Shaler, we'll ask you to address this final question that's out here for you as well. So as we wrap up, we have to take ownership and responsibility for number one, recognizing toxic relationships and toxic environments. And then number two, we have to be willing to make some hard choices and those choices are ours. So as we wrap up, so Roz, I'm going to come to you and start with this one. What would be your final thoughts for a person who is involved in a toxic culture, a toxic environment, or a toxic relationship? Um, What words of wisdom would you give to them so that they can maintain a little bit of their sanity um, if there's if they're going to engage in this relationship. My grandmother used to say, if you argue with a fool, then it's two fools arguing. <laughs> so um, I'm going <laughs> to take, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to pass this on. I know you all have heard that saying before. You can't argue with someone that thinks, there's, you know, they're always right. You know, and, 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 and just like Dr. Shayla, I'm going to use that gray rock. I'm going to buy a gray rock. <laughs> And if I have to hang it around my neck and rub on it. <laughs> but, but you know, seriously, though, everything comes back to what she said earlier about, you know, it's, it's our choice. It's our choice. We have to set our boundaries. Of course, you can listen. You can be the great rock and listen. And like Mariah said, other things could be happening on the other side. But then at the end of the day, you know, uh, I've listened. And then I make the choice to either continue in on what's going on with you or I've listened and I cut it off. I've given you your time and now I go on with my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's how I kind of handle things. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna continue to banner back and forth. I have more important things to do, um, mm-hmm. but you know, that's my little bit of advice. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's really about what you choose to do um, mm-hmm. and how you're gonna go forward. And it's really important for all of us um, to be able to make those decisions comfortably. Right. You don't have to engage. Um, there's a quote out there that says it's just information. So whatever this mm-hmm. person throws out there, it's just information. You can choose to go there or not. So, Murray, uh, what final uh, words would you share with someone who um, is really dealing and struggling with toxic environments and, and workplaces uh, or partnerships and, and colleagues? Uh, the first thing is not to take it personally because, you know, uh, most of those hijackers mm-hmm. have their own issues and they want to project it. They project those issues on you. So stay in control of your own emotions and, 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 and really, you know, um, react the way that you think it is right for you because at the end of the day, it's about you. Uh, being at ease or you not functioning well in this environment. So then you have a choice. If it's too much, 
you you find strat a strategy to separate yourself or have a minimal interaction with the, this person, mm -hmm. or you, like I said, you know, you continue to live as if this person was not, you know, a, a big issue for you if you can if you can do it. But I think the the, the mistake that we we make most of the time is to take it personally and think that it's about us, but it's not about us at all. It's, it's about themselves and they're dealing with their own issues. And when we understand that, I think the mindset follows and we, we're, more, we're less dramatic about it and we can eventually ignore whatever they say or whatever they do in a, uh, in a different world and we are at a different level. I love it. So before we move into the next portion, we're going to read a few comments and then we're going to go to Dr. Shaler and she's going to uh, respond to a question, answer anything else in terms of final advice and tell people how they can connect with her uh, to stay in contact. So before we do that, let's do our whole cup picture thingy. Big smiles. Got it. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, so we've got a couple of comments out there. And Stephanie said, I look at it this way. If I find myself in a story that is toxic, I will remove myself from that story. We always have a choice. The question is, are we brave enough to make that move? This goes, Stephanie, back to our, our um, statement earlier that we don't want to change. We want everything else to change and everyone else around us to change. But oh, we, why should we have to make the change? Right. So Melody said this was a great show. Thank you so much for doing this. You are most welcome, Melody. Thank you so much for tuning in. She says, just let them go. Don't argue with them. Make the choice. Set your boundaries. And then uh, Michael said, you ladies rock. One word adjective. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> so thank you so much. Okay, so as we wrap up and get to Dr. Shaler, the question for you was narcissist versus sociopath versus hijackal. So you can wrap all of that up with your final comments. Uh, and Dr. Shaler, you have the mic. Well, thank you. I'll answer Dr. Pat. Um, the reason that I created the term hijackal is so that we don't have diagnoses because they don't help. But I know the intent of your question. And the thing is, yes, of course, um, hijackal is a lay term for behaviors, patterns, cycles, traits. But yes, if they were ever to go and get a diagnosis, narcissists, psychopath, sociopath, borderline, basically passive aggressive, which used to be in the DSM, these traits would be found, but we really don't need to know that. We just need to know that that's a key and we don't want any part of it. So um, they're hijackals, right? Now to your point, Marie, I just wanted to add this, you know, should you speak to them about things? And yes, I like your approach. Um, I, I'm reminded of the joke, how many psychotherapists does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is only one, but the light bulb has to really want to change. <laughs> now, the thing is, a hijackal does not want to change. They don't want to be told they need to change. They don't want it even to be slightly inferred that they might, at some later date, want to have a look at something that might need changing. No, they do not want to do that. So you have to just understand their psychology that any shame or blame that is even remotely inferred is going to cause a problem, which is what makes gray rock an important thing to do. And the use of humor 
can work to a degree, but the thing that we always have to remember, and I'll leave you with this because it is a great big red flag, and you need to understand this, that if you got to have it engraved on the inside of your forehead for everybody you meet, in my opinion, is you have to have ABB engraved there. And what that stands for is always believe behavior. No matter what they say, believe their behavior. Because I I think your behavior is your belief. It's a demonstration of your belief. Words, when they match your behavior, that's great. But these people behave in certain ways and they will say that they don't. So always believe the behavior. And yes, we can't always leave, but we can always withdraw to the degree of personal interaction. And if it causes a problem so you can't advance in a company, then maybe it's not the company for you. But, you know, back to Dr. Pat's question about raising leaders. Well, the actual statistics are that there are more of these people in our society now. They're, the numbers are growing. So we have to add to our skill set how to handle hijackals. And I do that. You know, that's what I teach. That's what I have on my YouTube channel. That's what my podcast is about because these numbers are growing. And my podcast reaches 79 countries at this point. And I get mail from people all over the world saying, you know, listening to this made me feel like I wasn't isolated. I wasn't alone. I'm not going crazy. And these are really important things for us to do. So that that's what I would offer and just say, you know, it's not about you. Don't take it personally, as Marie said earlier. Um, they have a problem. They become a problem for you, but then that comes into your decision making as to what you're going to do about it. <laughs> but when you look at someone who has that problem, <coughs> sorry, no that's all I can say. <laughs> That's okay. So we'll give her a second to take a drink of water. We'll have her come back and then tell us how we can connect uh, with her and just stay in tune to the great work that she's doing and teaching us more about hijackles and other things as well. Sure. It's very easy. You go to 4 for relationship help, H E L P dot com for relationshiphelp.com. You can see my blog there. You can see my podcast there. And strangely enough, my YouTube channel is also called For Relationship Help. So that's pretty easy. And if you want to listen to my podcast, you'll find it at SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Dr. Pat says, thank you for your advice and insights, ladies. Rhonda, keep on with this show. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Watch what they say versus, you know, watch what they do versus what they say. We could have a whole show on watch what they do because when what they do is a true indication of what they really think and believe. Barbara says, ABB got it engraved on the inside of my forehead, on the inside of your forehead. How did you do that? Well, thank, thanks ladies and thanks Dr. Shaler. All right, so it is that time for us to wrap up. I cannot believe we are done a full season of the Coffee with Rhonda show, but don't go away. We're gonna have replays. We'll have some other content uh, going for you. We're all gonna go off into the sunset, take a little bit break, and the show will return live 
in March. So everybody out there, thank you so much for your support. Don't forget to like our YouTube channel and just stay connected with us because there will be plenty going on here. For all of the panel, stay tuned for just a second. For everyone else out there, remember the journey to be stress-free and loving me is deeply personal and it's very achievable. Thank you for spending a little bit of your Saturday with us to explore the possibilities of leading, loving, and living stress-free. We will see you guys back here, gosh, in March, live anyway, but we'll be back uh, in the interim. Everybody take care. Thank you for watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. Don't forget you can download a free ebook at stressfreeleader.com. And don't forget to share this podcast or video with someone in your life who might find value. Until next time.